Suck, Suck a dick, dick dumb, dumb shits. shits. Should we still say that now that she's dead? I don't know. If you can think of a better thing for us to say, I'm open to changing it. Ooh, okay. It's a new season. If we were ever going to change it, we might as well change it now. But it's got to be now. Horseman Allowed, arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And today we watch season four, episode one, but we have a little bit of Bojack news and podcast news and such to get through first. Mm. Someone tried to join the Horseman Allowed Saddle Club and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Did you see that? No, I didn't. <laughs> it was like, no one has ever tried to join, like not even the, like our Facebook is basically only liked by people who know us in real life, I think. Like two people from that, I think, joined the saddle club and yeah. then it just never got used. So we just kind of left it to die. But some some guy has found it <laughs> and requested to join. Oh no. Apologies to that person, but there's nothing there for you. <laughs> <laughs> We got a listener email. Ooh, exciting. From someone called Logan, who says, Hi, Gem and Paige. I just recently started listening to your podcast from the beginning, so apologies if you've since gone back and commented on this. In the episode Still Broken, you mentioned that you were confused as to why the water buffalo were hanging out with herons. This is because water buffalo and herons have a symbiotic relationship in the wild where the buffalo protects the herons from predators. And first of all, Logan, you're a few episodes into season two already, so you're definitely moving at a decent clip depending on your definition of recently. (laughs) So hopefully you stick with the podcast long enough to hear your email read out. Also, thank you for that edible fact. Do you remember that, Paige? No, I don't, but that doesn't surprise me. It was that episode where there was, like, the biker gang that were all water buffalo. Oh, yeah. Outside a biker bar, and there were just, yeah, a lot of herons around, and I think I was mildly confused. I was thinking of this because when Logan says it was a symbiotic relationship, symbiosis implies that they both get something out of it. And so mm-hmm. I was like, like, what do the herons do for the buffalo? And so I looked it up, and I saw many, many adorable pictures. The herons are a subspecies called cattle egrets. Oh. There's just all these photos of them just standing on water buffalo's heads. Oh, okay. They eat the annoying bugs off the buffaloes. Oh, nice. What the equivalent in universe is with this biker gang, like, is there a rival gang of, like, bugs that are always trying to fight with the buffalo and the heron, the herons just, like, kill them? <laughs> also, they have buff plumes in the breeding season, just like me. <laughs> um, Logan goes on to say, You also expressed confusion about Todd's invention flan cakes in the chickens episode. Obviously, this is another one of Todd's confusing food combinations. Flan is a Hispanic dessert, which is a kind of pudding. This is another nod to Todd's possibly Hispanic heritage, but the joke is that combining a pudding with pancakes would be weird and pretty gross. In season 4, he also invented ch- churro-flavoured waffles, which is another combination of a Hispanic dessert and an American breakfast food, but seems a lot better. Cheers, Logan. Oh, cool. I'm quite chuffed. This is actually the episode where he comes up with churro-flavoured waffles in his sleep that oh, we're talking yeah. about today, so that... <laughs> Ended up linking up quite well. I don't think that flying cakes sound that bad. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I'm just chuffed for you got an email. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for writing in, Logan. Um, and yeah, I hope you stuck with the podcast long enough to find out that you are literally the first person to send us an email 
<laughs> which we certainly appreciate. And it was genuinely good to have clarification of things we apparently couldn't be bothered to Google yeah. at the time. You too can send us an email at horsenaloud at gmail.com, H-O-R-S-A-N-A-L-O-U-D. There's no apostrophe in that. I realised I changed up how we do the social media plugs at the end because I was spelling the Facebook address with the apostrophe and I realised that maybe people were getting confused and putting an apostrophe in the email address, which would presumably just make it reject. So if you've ever tried to send us an email and you never heard back or it got rejected, try again. You don't need to correct us on anything or even have anything new about Bojack to add. We just really like hearing about the show from people who don't know us in real life. Hmm. Maybe you want to tell us about what you do while you listen to the podcast. Maybe there was a time you were cycling and you were stopped at an intersection with other cyclists and we said something really funny and you suddenly went, ha ha, and startled an old man and his bike fell over and you felt really bad, like happened to me once with a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Does <laughs> that ever happen to you? Like, maybe not the cycling thing, but do you ever, like, just suddenly laugh in public and someone looks at you weird? No, I don't never do that in public, just around the house. I've been laughing at things and Sherlock walks into the room and is like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, man, I scared the shit out of Sherlock once because I was in the living room and, like... I was just listening to a podcast in there and it got dark while I was in there. Yeah. And then Sherlock came downstairs and went and was like in the kitchen doing washing up and I was just still lying in the next room in the dark listening to a podcast and then just suddenly went like, <laughs> and Sherlock like screamed. <laughs> I felt quite bad, but it was sort of funny. But yeah, email us. Like we're not joking when we say no one does it, but that's, that's just kind of part of the medium because you're not like... It's not like YouTube where you're right in the interface ready to comment on something. Like, people have to put a decent amount of effort in to write to a podcast of all the ways to have an online presence. Podcasting is the one with the least audience interaction, possibly, and it feels a lot like putting a message in a bottle and throwing it into the internet, and the bottle comes back empty and covered in other people's fingerprints, but there's no reply. So emails like this really warm our cockles. <laughs> Horsenaloud at gmail.com. Lisa Hanawalt has a new TV show coming out, probably not for a while, since they're only just starting to do table reads and things, but it's called Tuka and Birdie. That's Birdie with a T, so it's Bertie, I guess, but in most accents it will come out as Birdie, so it sounds sort of like Bird, which is funny because she's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Tuka, who is a toucan. So yeah, it's about a toucan and another bird, and they're just- that's basically all we know. Tuka is a character that Lisa Hanawalt has drawn a lot before, like in little mini-comics and things. She's just kind of like a fun, trashy bird woman, oh, so I'm actually pretty stoked that she's gonna have her own show. Yeah. What do you mean by trashy? Oh, uh, like- I don't know, like just spilling food on herself and stuff. Like, she's kind of a slob, I think. Okay. Okay, cool. I don't know. I can't, I can't really remember that clearly, but I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be talking shit about Tuka the Toucan, but <laughs> <laughs> like I have vague memories of her just being like Lisa Hanawalt self-insert character for when she's being kind of awkward and gross. Uh, okay. And Lisa Hanawalt is writing this one, I think, uh, as well. Cool. She's not just doing the art direction, so that's really exciting. Who's the person that got cast as Tuka? Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, Tiffany Haddish is going to voice Tuka. I don't really know who that is, but I looked her up and she seems cool. Yeah, she was in Girls Trip. She's having a bit of a, a moment. Lisa Hanawalt has confirmed on Twitter that it's not in the same universe as Bojack Horseman. Oh, okay, I But it's that. definitely in a very similar art style, so I would be really curious to see how it's different. Will there be humans in this one? 
Yeah. So yeah, that'll be fun down the pipe. Cool. There's also a Bojack Horseman concept art book coming out soonish called Putting the Art Before the Horse. Oh, nice. Which I will definitely read and we'll probably talk about some of the stuff from that on the show because it will presumably have interesting, like, for a while Bojack was gonna be blue, but then he wasn't stuff. Probably not that exactly, but... Yeah, cool. I was listening to Lisa Hannawalt's podcast, Baby Geniuses, that she co-hosts with Emily Heller the other day, and she brought up the hyper-realistic Bojack baby doll off Etsy that we discussed. Oh, cool. <laughs> and she was saying, like, oh, it was really cool, but also terrifying, and oh god, the feet, and it was really expensive, and I tweeted about it, and now someone's bought it. What if they're gonna send it to me as a gift? And I can see why you'd think that if you're the art director of Bojack Horseman, but come on, Lisa, it was obviously because we talked about it, and they're sending it to us. <laughs> Did she really say that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, that's the exact same thing we said. They basically went down, like, literally exactly the same line of conversation <laughs> that we did. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was fun. I hope that someone did actually send it to her. It's probably much easier to send things to her than it is to send things to us. Yeah, she probably has, like, a registered P.O. box and stuff. I feel like if you're into Bojack Horseman enough that you would buy the realistic Bojack doll and send it to the Bojack art director, you are way more likely to just want to keep it. Yep. No, yeah, follow, yeah. Cool. Should we get into the episode now? I guess we should. This was a mostly nice, fun episode, especially about Todd, which was nice because I've been watching a lot of Breaking Bad, and it's nice to have things going well for Aaron Paul, kind of. <laughs> it's nice for him to have some fun. Okay, alright, so this episode is called See Mr. Peanut Butter Run. The Governor. Oh, yeah. But also it's like Spot, because he's a dog. Oh, uh, yeah. Classic. Classic. This is what we come here for. <laughs> it's not, not like Riverdale. Do you watch Riverdale, Jim? No. Oh, okay. The episode titles never have anything to do with what happens in the episode. It's just like a random movie title. It's weird. I really like the episode titles on Steven Universe, where it's always, like, super misleading. Like, if it sounds like it's going to be a really cute saccharin episode, it's probably going to be harrowing and depressing. And if it sounds like it's going to be a really intense episode, it's probably just going to be a fun romp. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Episode titles. It's good when people do things with them. Yeah, we don't. We just put the title of the episode of the thing we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> I do a little bit on grotesques. I put, like, a subtitle for each episode. Ah, yeah. But you guys talk about some weird and w wonderful things. I don't think any more weird and wonderful than we talk about on this show. Oh, okay. If you're not listening to Jam's other podcast, you should listen to it. It's a good time. Yep. It's called Grotesques, and it's about the 90s animated show Gargoyles. You don't have to watch it. We do that for you. <laughs> Alright, so this episode starts in 1992, and we see David Chase talking to production assistant or somebody, and they're talking about making a show like Horsin' Around, but with humans instead, I guess. So you said, let's do the show about the horse, but this time without the horse. I know, I'm sorry. And I said, that's a terrible idea. Right. And you said, I got someone even better. I got, what's this asshole's name again? Vincent D'Onofrio. Do you know who that is? Nope. I first saw him in Law and Order Criminal Intent, but he's also been, he was the bug guy in Men in Black, and he's also like been- the big cockroach? Yeah. 
There you go. Now I'm just picturing a big cockroach. This isn't helpful. Oh, okay. Um, have you seen <laughs> Jurassic World? No. What? Really? Is he Chris Pratt? No, he's not Chris Pratt. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I know what you know him from. Daredevil. He plays Wilson Fisk. Oh. Yeah, that's the huh. joke, that he's, like, kind of brutal. Um, and then we see a bit of the scene. Hey, Zoe. Hey, Zelda. I forgot my boombox. And your deodorant. P.U., mister. <laughs> Zoe, that's no way to get adopted. Adopted by me. Children. I'm a single breakdancing instructor who can barely take care of himself. So this is Mr. Peanut Butter's show, but Mr. Peanut Butter isn't in it yet. And then Mr. Peanut Butter walks through a door talking to Erica about how it's fine, everything will work out for him. If I didn't randomly wander into doors all the time, I never would have ended up co-piloting the very plane that brought me to Los Angeles. And at the same time, Vincent has been told that he needs to be more likable. This is not about your acting. You don't want an actor. You want a blank canvas upon which to project your own mawkish notions of goodness. Some man for all seasons, up for a bit of anything. Cheerful, optimistic, indomitable. I assure you, no such man exists. And Mr. Peanut Butter, like, just walks up in front of all the people watching the show. And he's talking about his favorite sitcom joke when something major is happening in the background, but the main character doesn't notice. Yep, and he literally steals the show, because everyone loves him. I want your face on billboards, you beautiful, nonsensical clown prince. Doggy doggy what now? He's way more likable than Vincent... D'Onofrio. ...than Wilson Fisk. <laughs> um, and yeah, then he gets offered the lead role. Yeah, in Untitled Horse and Around knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> Good, it's kind of confirmation of what uh, Bojack has always thought, that Mr. Peanut yeah. is just copying his career. In fairness, Mr. Peanut Butter wasn't doing that. He was just cast in a show that was definitely doing that. He may never have been actually aware of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Also in this scene, he's wearing like a brightly coloured button-up shirt, mm-hmm. which I don't know if we've ever seen him wear a button-up shirt. I think we've only seen him wear t-shirts and t-shirts that look like suits. Yeah. I think that on his game show, he wore an actual shirt, maybe. Yeah, I think he wore a proper suit. And no sunglasses. It was before he wore sunglasses on his head. Presumably all those things got set for him when he was on the show. Yeah, and he's got a little extra tuff of hair on his head. Yeah, he's got like a cute little quiff sort of thing. But does that mean he's like the equivalent of bald now? I think it's just a different hairstyle. It's never been entirely clear how fur works in Bojack. Because mm. I think that there was, like, a flashback where Princess Carolyn had more of, like, a hairstyle. Yeah. Maybe he got extensions. Maybe um, he did. He says that he has no experience or anything. If this was his first time acting, I wonder what he did before this. Because he's, like, an adult. He's, like, a young adult. Yeah, I thought he was a stand-up comedian. Oh, was he? I think so. I had that in my brain, but I can't remember from from where I got that idea. I mean, Bojack was. And he dresses like a stand-up comedian in the 90s but i mean stand-up comedians just dressed like real people as they well. just dress like anyone from california yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually i'm gonna look it up okay first moved to los angeles in the 90s doesn't say yeah we, we don't know what he did before the 90s also his age is just listed as late 40s to early 50s oh really i thought he was younger than that 
yeah, me too. But yeah, this is pitching him as like he could be the same age of, as Bojack, but I always thought of him as younger. But yeah, like 10 years younger. I don't know. I guess it's hard to tell with a dog. And yeah. like I could definitely see Captain Peanut Butter being in his late 40s or early 50s and they're the same age. They're twins. I think it's just that Mr. Peanut Butter really takes care of himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like you can definitely still be buff as a late middle aged man if you put the work in. Yeah. Well, I don't think we've ever seen Mr. Peanut Butter deliberately exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And also, like, if you're rich enough, you can get plastic surgeries and things. Maybe it's just because he, like, hangs out with Todd a lot and is a bit naive in things, though. He thinks he's younger than he actually is. Like, maybe Todd yeah. ages him down. Fun fact, Todd is 65. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> there's, there's a little sidebar on this page that has trending fandom articles and one of them is titled How the Dark Crystal Universe Has Star Wars Level Potential. <laughs> um, Alright, I just wanted to mention, so we go to the intro now. I just want to mention it's kind of changed. It's got a new little kaleidoscope bit in it. Did you see that? No. It's got like Todd and Princess Carolyn, but it's also, it's got Sarah Lynn when oh, she was a wow. little kid. Yeah, I'm watching it now. This is actually, huh. His, his dad makes an appearance. And Herb, yeah, and Fairy Floss, it looks like. That is interesting. Like, it's basically back to being the same intro as season one and two. Like, the Secretariat premiere stuff has been taken out of it, but it does have this new bit. Mm. Oh, and then they all, like, slop into his cup. Yeah, I know we don't really talk about there being, like, new and different things in the intro, but this is quite interesting. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it because it's a kind of a big difference. I think maybe I never noticed that. I think maybe by the time I got to season four, I was just automatically skipping the intros. Yeah. At Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane's house, Diane wakes up and like he's calling and she's calling Bojack, basically just asking where she is. But it, in this episode, it also kind of serves the function of us hearing what Diane's really thinking. And so as she enters the kitchen, we see that they're running Mr. Peanut Butter's campaign for governor, governor, <laughs> um, out of his kitchen. Cool joke. <laughs> Thank you. I just thought I said it f funny the first time, but anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, Mr. Peanut Butter, and I'm gonna be governor. <laughs> Imagine if the show was exactly the same, but Mr. Peanut Butter was Cockney. <laughs> um. Yeah. So before Mr. Peanut Butter can actually run his campaign, they need to get. Mr. Woodchuck recalled. Um, I've called him Mr. Woodchuck, but I think that's his first name. No, it's Woodchuck Kudchuck Berkowitz. Yeah, but it Woodchuck is short for Wood Charles. Like yeah. His wife calls him Wood Charles later, which is <laughs> amazing. But yeah, he's the sitting Californian governor. And he's voiced by um, the the guy in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I forget what he's, his role is in the team. Captain Ray Holt. Who I like a lot. He's he's good. That show's good. Very dry. Ooh. Anyway. You got you got a real name for? So just His real name is Andre Brauner. Yeah, so through the phone call we find out that Diane finds it really easy to be supportive because she knows that they're not actually gonna be able to get Woodchuck recalled. There's a lot of fun stuff going on at the campaign headquarters in the background. Yeah. There's a centipede typing with all eight of the hands at once but just the index fingers on a laptop <laughs> um, there's someone with uh, sitting at a desk that has an in tray an out tray and an uh tray yeah <laughs> and there's a hummingbird walking around quickly who makes buzzing noises when they pass the camera but they aren't even flapping their arms oh 
Okay. And Todd is covered in mustard. Yeah. I think it's from being bad at aiming mustard while trying to mustard his hot dog. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we see this this sign. It says Chuck Woodchuck, which pops up a couple of times in the episode. When Diane ends the phone call, she does the thing that Bojack always does. Anyway, call me back. This is Diane, by the way. Nguyen. Obviously. <laughs> That was kind of cute. Yeah, it was. I like how most recurring phrases aren't, like, they don't just belong to one character. Like, no one just has their catchphrase. Like, suck a dick, dumb shits has been said by a lot of people. Yeah. There's this thing, there's Mr. Peanut Butter saying, doggy, doggy, what now, in this episode a lot, but then Diane later says, Diane, Diane, what now? (laughs) Yeah, all I I can think of that is actually, like, a a catchphrase that sticks to one person is Todd yelling hooray, which is, like... (laughs) I don't know if that even counts as a catchphrase. It's a single word. A catchword. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of a very Todd thing. I don't know any other characters who would do yeah. that. So next we see Princess Carolyn's office. And Mr. Peanut Butter's there with Katrina. Katrina's his ex-wife who's running his campaign. Yeah, she's the one who approached him at the end of the last episode of season three, being like, come be governor. Yeah. Or ex-husband, you won't come be governor. <laughs> sure you wouldn't rather just play a governor in a movie or a TV show? I could have touched Tommy Schlammy to direct. And Mr. Peanut Butter is like, no, 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 we're here to get signatures. Please sign your name. And Princess Carolyn isn't feeling very well, but she does it anyway. And then Jonah walks in and... We I'm sorry, out- who? Oh, sorry. Why do you hate Judah so much? Judah. I wrote Jonah. That's... I don't know why. <laughs> I'm um, so Judah walks in. Judah! Can I get your John Wilkes Hancock? Oh, I never developed a signature. I find them unnecessarily ostentatious, but I can print my name legibly. That was a fun Judah detail that he thinks signatures are too extravagant. Yeah. It's probably fine. Like, it's very easy to forge someone just printing that name, but when was the last time anyone did fraud with a signature? Yeah, exactly. Now that that's one. Um, all right, so Judah gives Princess Carolyn a card that Ralph dropped off for her, and it's kind of... It's, it's cute. It's like, I make a beeline for my feline, mm-hmm. um, which reminds us that he he, make, he writes cards, which I feel like is a very rom-com job. Yeah. Judah tells Princess Carolyn that they're making a TV series about Sarah Lynn's death, and they want to find somebody to play Bojack. Princess Carolyn just throws up a lot. What do you think happened to Ethan around? Oh, that's a good point. Because Bojack left, but presumably they didn't just cancel the show outright they'd already put too many resources into it so like they surely they just recast him yeah, or cut maybe. him out of the show like i wonder if they made that show yeah i wonder too yeah it never gets brought up again i don't know if he even gets brought up again maybe we'll find out one day next thing we see is a scene at the diner the diner with the angelfish billboard in the background which is no longer the angel the angelfish billboard which i miss it's always so topical now like in season three it was the secretariat billboard and now it's a a woodchuck billboard okay so todd's going on about if he had eight million dollars i'd start a company that makes remote controlled drones but these drones have a seat hanging from the bottom so you can fly around in it a drone with a throne a drone throne but if you're in it isn't it not a drone the joke being (laughs) that he did have eight million dollars he just give it to the waitress yeah emily just has a bag next to her that says really fancy hat shop on it oh nice (laughs) it's like fancy hats poking out (laughs) she's still got all her money my eight million dollars i'm starting a new dating app just for firemen 
and redheaded women named Emily. Ah, uh, you don't need an app. Just hang out with me. Todd, you're great. What a way to end a sentence. But I want a boyfriend who isn't asexual. Whoa. And Todd kind of, how would you characterize it? I characterized it as freaking out. He's, he's definitely resistant to that. I don't think that he had thought about that label for himself. What, why did you call me that? No, no, no. It's not bad. I didn't mean it well, negatively. I was just like stating know, I'm, it. I'm not. And... That word doesn't necessarily describe. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Whatever you call yourself, you're my friend and I support you. And like, see, this is the scene that I wish had just happened last episode. Mm. This this all could have. It's even in the same setting. Like they could have. You could literally splice a chunk of this conversation into that conversation, and it would be like flawless. Yeah. And that's I, that that's like especially if he doesn't really know about asexuality, which if he described himself as I think I may be nothing, he probably doesn't. Mm. Then I can understand him thinking that she was kind of like insulting him, maybe because like asexual tends to get leveled as an insult. Sometimes mm. it's much rarer to know it as a self-identified orientation. Also, he's eating a hamburger with ice cream in it. Yeah, which reminds me of a story. Um, Go on. <laughs> like basically, I have a friend who also does something similar to this. We were like sixteen, and we were in Macca's. That's McDonald's for non-Australian listeners. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, figured out what she called a life hack. It was that everything at McDonald's tastes good together, so why not just combine it all? In a blender. Well, no, Create just, a like... delicious calorie-dense slurry. <laughs> if you put anything from McDonald's in a Nutri-Bullet, it just explodes instantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was like, you know, you dip chips in your burger and stuff in ice cream or milkshakes and it's fine, because everything at McDonald's is just designed to be eaten together. That's what that scene reminded me of. Did she ever combine burger with ice cream, though? Um, she did try dipping the burger in milkshake, which I feel like McDonald's milkshakes are very close to ice cream. That's because, like, a a lot of people have discovered this so-called hack that the chips taste good with most things. Like, I've known many people to dip their chips in ice cream as fries for non-Australian listeners. (laughs) Or just put a chip in the straw and drink, like, Coke or whatever through the chip straw is also something I've seen. Yes, I have never partaken. The person trying to pitch it to me said, no, it's great. It makes the Coke taste salty and greasy. (laughs) I was like, nice. (laughs) It's always what it's been missing. Thanks. (laughs) anyway god todd's good and at the end of the scene the cow who works in the diner like comes over the table to give them their bill and she says how this cow likes likes to be tipped she's dressed very fancy as well she's where i think she has like a scepter yeah and a crown (laughs) but is still working at a diner as a waitress yeah demanding tips (laughs) yeah and I think it was a joke on cow tipping as well. Huh. It must have been. Yeah. That's that's clever, but not clever enough for me to actually laugh. <laughs> that's nod your head clever. I've heard people say that, like, when comedians find other comedians' jokes funny, they don't laugh. They go, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Like how when I listen to comedy podcasts, I don't laugh. I just go, mm, tired at it. <laughs> 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 Those McElroys really know how to clip a silence down. <laughs> the McElroys actually do very loose edits. 
So next we see Diane's new workplace. Did I tell you I'm working at a blog? I wrote a story about an all-girl refugee kickball league. It didn't get as many clicks as Gillian's story about how in certain pictures you can see the outline of Chris Hemsworth's penis, but you know, we're all contributing in our own ways. And she's working with Ralph's niece. Isn't she his sister? That is probably correct. I just guessed she was a niece. I don't know why. I think that when we were talking last episode, I said I thought she was his niece, but then like I ended up just dropping in the soundbite where Princess Carolyn says like, oh, Ralph's sister is doing a thing and cutting that bit out. Oh, okay. That's the great bit about dropping in sound bites is sometimes I can just cut out things where we fucked up because <laughs> I'll let the show carry it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think she's his sister. But okay. Her name's Tiffany? What's her name? Um, I don't know. She doesn't appear in this episode. Her name is... Stephanie. Stephanie, I was close. But yeah, so she works at the fancy blog slash lifestyle slash whatever the fuck. Is yeah. it called Krush? Is it called Girl Krush? Yeah, Girl Krush. Yeah, there's lots of like stuff scrolled all over the walls that says like, don't talk to me until I've had my green juice. Yep. I love your selfie and things like that. And all of the decor is very brightly colored and there's a slide like at Google and there's a cat lounging on top of a big scratching post thing. The decor is very good. People yep. were, like, driving those weird, like, handleless segways around. Yeah. Hey, I think that is actually Stephanie. I think Stephanie, like, rides past on a segway in the background. Ah, oh, okay, cool. So she does appear. You lied to the listeners. Oh, sorry. If she doesn't speak, that's what I should have said. Um, and there's no chairs. There's just, um... Just yoga balls. Which Diane's kind of struggling with. Yeah. And she tells Bojack over the phone about how she had this really good article about refugee girls playing soccer. Kickball. What was that? Kickball. Kickball. Did she say kickball? I think so. I must have just translated in my head. <laughs> you translated badly, because I don't think that's just their name for soccer. Oh, okay. It's like cricket, but you kick. I've never understood it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's like a kid's game, but apparently she... There's a framed picture on her desk that I believe is her posing with the kickball team. Oh, cool. Oh, and she's got slack up. Cool. They huh. use slack. So... The next scene is at the restaurant. It's at Sandra's place. We can't just say the restaurant anymore. Oh, yeah. Wait, do we go back to that other restaurant? Or is this just the new restaurant? I guess we'll find out. I don't know. I assume that we'll eventually end up at Elephant again. But yeah, yeah right now we're at Sandra's place. I don't know if it was there before, but it has a framed picture of the Leaning Tower of Pisa where the frame has been tilted, so the frame is crooked, but the tower stands up straight. <laughs> I went to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It was nowhere near as impressive or interesting as watching all of the tourists take that exact same photo where it looks like they're holding it up. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Ralph gives, gives Princess Carolyn a card. He keeps giving her cards. Princess Carolyn apologizes for not making it to Paul Blart 3. I'm sorry I couldn't make it to the Paul Blart 3 till Death Do Us Blart premiere last night. Till Death Do Us Blart which I researched. I did proper actual research. Okay, before you tell me, because, like, obviously the question here is, the McElroys and the Worst Idea of All Time boys have a podcast that they do every Thanksgiving where they watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 and they're going to do that forever and they will be replaced if they die and it's called Till Death Do Us Blart. So people have been wondering if this is like a direct, like if this is actually a McElroy's reference or if it's just that that is like honestly a pretty obvious Blart joke to make. 
and my thought has always been, unless there's confirmation somewhere that it's reference to the podcast, I think they just also made that joke. I think that's slightly more likely. But do you have information that suggests otherwise? Tim? from The Worst Idea of All Time. Tim's commented on it, and he thinks it's honestly just parallel thinking, but somebody on Reddit did point out that Paul F. Tompkins is a fan of The Worst Idea of All Time, like he's actually been on the podcast. Hmm. So there's a link there. And Lisa Hannah-Walt is friends with the McElroys. Yeah. Travis used to produce Baby Geniuses. My favourite era of Baby Geniuses is when you can just occasionally hear Travis laughing in the background of episodes. Oh, nice. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about how how there are people that all know each other in there, but Hmm. yeah, okay, I I have been moved. I I think it is now slightly more likely that it is a a deliberate podcast reference. Mm. It also could be parallel thinking than, you know, PFT is just mentioned, oh, I know a podcast by that name, and they've just, like, left it in. It is definitely the kind of joke that a lot of people would think of. Yeah. I mean, not me. And that's the thing. Like, I, I reckon if you were told to think of puns, you would just, like, do what everyone does and just run through, like, the alphabet and be like, art, but, cut, dot, and then, like, eventually you'd come to part and be like, is there anything in there? Like, you're tearing me a blot, Lisa, or <laughs> till death to us, blot. I don't know. Okay. You know yourself better than I do, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I reckon most people would think of that joke. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe you didn't laugh at my, you're tearing me a blot, Lisa joke. Is that from The Simpsons? No, it was a reference to The Room. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm sorry. Is it Lisa? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I googled your tear. And it immediately <laughs> auto-corrected to you're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> and then you're tearing me apart, James Dean. <laughs> Maybe that's people who've seen the movie remembered that one line. And also that no, James Dean isn't even referenced in the movie. He's referenced in The Disaster Artist. Okay, apparently there's a scene in Rebel Without a Cause when he oh. says you're tearing me apart. Good that it turned out you're tearing me apart, James Dean, was a reference to the actor and not the adult actor. Yes. Although I would not be surprised if James Dean, the porn star, did have a porn film of some kind called You're Tearing Me Apart as, like, a reference. Because he must have, like, deliberately named himself after the famous actor, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, we do not speak of him. No, we don't. Because he is a bad man. Mm -hmm. Not for being a porn star, for being a sexual predator. Mm. What were we talking about? We were talking about the scene in the restaurant. Oh, yeah, Paul Blart. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that got away from us. (laughs) Not as much as other things have, but still. Consensus, maybe it's a thing about the podcast, maybe not. Yeah. Alright, so basically in this scene, what Ralph does is propose that they move in together. Wow! Would you? Could you? With a mouse? I I could, and I would, but it's not a good time. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. There's no hurry. Back at Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane's house, Todd is sleeping And Todd's house now. Oh, yes. I think Todd just lives there. Yep, he's sleeping on their couch like he was doing a Bojack. And there's a doorbell goes off. Zero flavored waffles! And Todd goes to answer it, and it's just like a drone throne hovering on the doorstep. It's it's a drone with like a like a playground swing hanging from it. I bet it didn't cost her $8 million to make. I think you could probably... I don't know. I think that it mostly depends how expensive a drone that could lift the weight of a person is. Oh, yeah, it's a good but point. But they do it. But those definitely already exist, so it's not like she would have needed to invent them. 
Have you seen that that helicopter drone that has like grabby hands that like picks up like lawn furniture? No, that sounds terrifying. That can lift a decent amount. Todd's probably pretty skinny. He probably weighs more than an aluminium lawn chair, but you could make a drone that could pick him up. Okay. Yeah, and it's got a note on it. From, it says it's from Emily. Why didn't Emily put a harness on it? I don't like, know. It's- Maybe it was a joke. Maybe she never intended for him to actually get on it. I don't think she knows him very well if that's the case. <laughs> Like, the the thing is, it seems like something Todd would have designed. Like, there are a couple of very simple safety features, such as a seatbelt, or have the controller fastened to the drone in some way, that would have made this whole escapade much safer for Todd. Alas. (laughs) Um, Alright, so the next morning, we see Todd flying the drone around inside the house. During the daytime now, Mr. Peanut Butter has failed to get all the signatures he needs to recall the current governor. Why do you keep saying recall? Is that a political term? Yeah, yeah. And that's the word they use in the episode as well. Get him huh. recalled. Why would you think it was? I don't know. Deposed? Vanquished? I just have <laughs> never heard recall used, and it sounds like a weird, like, he's being recalled like an explosion-prone Samsung Galaxy phone or something. Like, <laughs> we need to recall the governor, his airbags don't work. But- <laughs> You are definitely more likely to know proper political terms than I am, so I trust you. There's a map in the background of the campaign headquarters that just says, yes, we might. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's October. I just saw a calendar on the wall. Good to know. In Bojack, not in real life. Yeah. (laughs) I wish. Um, So, Diane's pretty happy that he didn't get the signatures he needs because she can tell everybody to get out of our house. And it also... Like, he, she can give him the encouragement now because it's not going to happen, basically. Yeah. Oh, there's this really brutal conversation between Katrina and Mr. Peanut Butter. I don't understand what happened. Let me put it in terms your dumb dog brain can comprehend. All your life, people have been throwing you bones because they like you. But everyone has a ceiling to their likability. This is a bone you can't have because people just don't like you enough. Which I think is a horrible thing to tell Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah, he likes people to like him. He's weird like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Diane is like, hey, you would have been great. I can say that now that you definitely won't be governor. And Mr. Peanut Butter takes this as like more en- encouragement than it actually is. I am challenging Woodchuck Kudchuck Berkowitz to a ski race down Devil's Mountain. Winner gets to be governor, loser goes home. Your move, governor. So I googled this. And there is no mountain in California called Devil's Mountain. There is one called Devil's Peak, and I don't know why they didn't just use the real mountain. Maybe they didn't want to give anybody ideas. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe it was so they could play with the geography a little, like maybe it's not such a skiable mountain. Maybe it doesn't have a cabin in that spot they needed it to. Maybe it doesn't have a peak shaped like devil horns, but um, yeah. There is a Devil's Peak in California, so I encourage people to cosplay Mr. Peanut Butter and ski down that mountain and possibly crash. Yeah, nice. Does it even snow in California? I don't know. On top of high enough mountains, I would assume so. Okay. All right. And then we see Woodchuck in his office. Do I even need to respond to this? No, sir. Because I'd rather focus on my drought relief optimization using geohydration technology or drought plan. Very clever. Also... This struck close to my heart because two years ago now, oh boy, I wrote a thesis on droughts in California. Hmm. Yep. I was like, ooh. And yet you don't know whether it snows there. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure it doesn't, <laughs> but let's Google that. I just Googled it and it seems like it does, it does snow on the mountains. 
Okay. Um, yeah, they have ski resorts and stuff. Yeah. Most yeah. tall things get snow on them. Nice. I bet a lot of people would be very surprised to hear that we have snow in Australia, but we do. In the winter. I'm not going to get started about my thesis. We'd be <laughs> here for hours. <laughs> Why were you writing a thesis about California? We have droughts. It was kind of a third of it was on California. And then another third was um, on the millennial drought in Melbourne. Do you remember that one? You probably weren't in mm, Melbourne at the time. No. But I remember it. Our showers all got timed. Hmm. The other third, I looked at um, Ethiopia. I only studied this country for a year and I still don't know what the capital of their country is. Do you know? I think it's Ethiopetropolis. <laughs> it starts with A and then it's like repeated. Capital of Ethiopia. Addis Ababa. Yeah. Ooh, you look kind of pretty. I'm looking at a bird's eye view of the city and it's got some cool buildings in it. Let's go there and you can finally try Ethiopian food. <laughs> I bet they have it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and America actually, on the scoring system I was using, America lost. Oh no. Yeah. Suck it, USA. They're real bad. Well, number oh, one. Wait, did we win or did Ethiopia win? Ethiopia won. Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're basically America Junior. Yeah. Suck it us, I guess, as well. Yeah, it was kind of weird because I was looking at the effects of um, policy making on women dur during droughts. Mm. And because Ethiopia is a third world country and they have all this poverty and things, there were more not-for-profit organizations working there, ensuring that women's rights and things were protected. Whereas in Australia and California, they weren't not-for-profits making sure women's rights are protected, so well, women were just we, like, we, We've basically solved sexism in the West, Paige. I think, <laughs> I think you'll find. We <laughs> had a woman prime minister once. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> oh, anyway, God. sorry, I'll stop talking about it now. <laughs> that's, a, that's genuinely interesting, and I tricked you <laughs> into talking about your thesis more, so... <laughs> If anyone wants to hear about my past, yep. I used to be a juggler and an ethicist. And what? I, I wasn't an ethicist, but I like studied ethics at university for three years. Okay. But I never wrote a thesis. I misheard you, and I thought what you were implying you did was like anesthetize people. <laughs> yes, I was an anesthetist. It never comes up. Really hard to get work in the. <laughs> Although, by all accounts, anaesthetist is one of the best types of medical professional to be, because you basically just, like, do the maths on, like, how much anaesthetic to give the person, and then you give it to them and you basically just chill throughout the surgery or whatever, unless yeah. something goes horribly wrong. What is wrong? The last time I had to be put under, it took them nine times to find a vein, so I had, like, nine different bruises. It's not their fault you have such bashful veins. <laughs> Dehydrated. You've got what the doctors call shy blood. <laughs> <laughs> but then, because they had to put it in such of a small vein, it was the only one they could find, um, it fell out halfway through and I woke up during the procedure. Oh, no. Yeah, so I think it's a hard job to get right. <laughs> I can honestly say I have never badly anesthetized anyone. <laughs> That's good. If you had, we wouldn't be able to be friends. All right, so then we... In the show, we flash forward one month. Oh yeah, we're talking about a show. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> keep sidetracking us. Oh, this is going to be a long episode. It is. That's okay, people it love content. Do you know- okay, I was thinking about this, because, like, a lot of the time people on podcasts will sort of apologise if an episode runs long, mm -hmm. and I've always found that kind of bizarre, because if it's a podcast I like, I'm always happy to hear more. Like, I think of it as better when they run long. Mm-hmm. 
you have that thing about how you want to get through podcasts quickly. Mm-hmm. Does it bother you when podcasts are longer than usual? No. Hmm. Oh, no. No. Not really. Do you like it more when they're longer than usual? Depends. If it's a podcast I really like, I like it. But if it's a podcast I just listen to because sometimes it's really good and they're not being really good and it's going longer that that kind of... Okay. Yeah. Well, listeners, I hope this is one of the podcasts you really like because I think this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> okay. So one month later, um, we see Mr. Peanut Butter is being interviewed on like a talk show that's hosted by a Ryan Seacrest type. The thing underneath is it, it says, Mr. Peanut Butter, actor slash kind of running for governor. <laughs> um, and the ski race is clearly being talked about still. Yeah, they were hoping it would blow over, but it has not. So Mr. Peanut Butter goes into the crowd and starts getting them to chant. Why just jumping back to when he initially announces the race, there's mm. a person in the audience who has a tattoo on the back of their neck of a flower and the word guapo, which is Spanish for handsome, and I think that that's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, nice. Like, I, I know that's just meant to be a joke, like when, they're we- like, when people are wearing a shirt that says vintage rock band shirt on it in the show, but I, I kind of like the idea that someone would just, like, get a tattoo of the word handsome to describe themselves on the back of their neck. Yeah. It's okay. like if I got a tattoo of like, you know, like a flower, and then it just said pretty funny. <laughs> and he was just like, I like a thing about myself. I'm going to get a tattoo of that. <laughs> okay. And then we get a, a treat in this episode. We get another news report with our very favorite Tom Jumbo Grumbo. And, yep, and a news ticker. Yeah. Sorry, I missed something. Um, we see, um, what's his face, Woodchuck, um, doing a, like a breaths conference about how he still doesn't want to race. So, to be clear, my drought plan is actually a drought relief plan. I see now how that's confusing. Any other questions? Are you going to race, Mr. Peanut Butter? Any questions about the drought plan? He's standing in front of a podium with the great seal of the state of California. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was interesting because I had never seen this and I wondered if they made it up whole cloth or if they had just edited the existing seal, which they had. But basically it's got the Roman goddess of wisdom Minerva, or Athena in Greek mythology, pretty big in the foreground holding her like spear and stuff, but in this version she is a seal, so she is the great seal of the state of California. Ah. Um, and apparently she is on the seal because she was born, like I assume it's also because wisdom is cool, but... She was born an adult, and California was never a territory, so it was also oh. born into full statehood. Oh. And then it's also got, like, a California grizzly eating some wine grapes and stuff. Um, it's also got the word Eureka, which apparently is the California state motto, which is really funny to me. <laughs> Presumably that comes back, from like, to the gold rush? Yeah. We're like, we got it! Yay! <laughs> um, but... Yeah, and of course the bear is still present on the seal, but wearing like it looks like it's wearing like a onesie. Like I think that they've decided to render it as a baby bear because it is like I I think that they've just kind of pasted the grizzly bear on top of the image of Athena. I don't know if it's actually meant to be in the like landscape of the image, but it is very small looking compared to Athena. So I guess they've decided it's a cub at least for this. Okay. Anyway, that's my fun facts about the state of California seal. <laughs> Cool. So then we go to the press conference where Tom interviews two people about whether the race should 
be going ahead. For the sake of fairness, we've brought in two experts with opposite opinions who will now have equal time to just say those opinions because that's what news is. I enjoy when people call out the fallacy of balance because it's stupid. It is stupid. I think that the best example is the Flat Earth Society, because if the Flat Earth people and the Round Earth people were each, like, equally right, then the world would be, like, a cube. <laughs> it's not. Some people are just really wrong. Uh, do you want to go through the scroll, or do you want to just move on? Yeah, let's go through the scroll. It's not that long of a one. Okay. We've got Lobster Mobster Caught Red-Handed. Dangerous, fugitive, and highly acclaimed character actress Margot Martindale still lost at sea, presumed dead. Man bumps into woman. Woman apologizes. <laughs> monkey sees. Monkey does. A rising tide lifts all boats, claims oil lobbyist at climate change summit. <laughs> Giraffe CEO breaks glass ceiling. And finally, study finds news ticker headlines to be more distracting than informative. <laughs> One more thing about the news broadcast. To ski or not to ski? That was the question posed by William Shakespeare, and it's perhaps even more relevant today. There's like a picture, like an artist rendering of Woodchuck wearing like the outfit from, is it Hamlet, where he says to be or not to be with the skull? Yeah, I think. He's wearing the, the Shakespeare outfit and holding, but also skis, but then he's also holding a skull, and the skull is wearing, like, a ski cap and ski goggles. <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, so on the street we see some, like, two old-timey guys in suits walking down. They've got top hats and everything. Do you think they'll really race down Devil's Mountain? What do I care? As long as I've got my giant bag of kettle corn, that's the only thing that concerns me. No. Ah, oh, what the? Drone drone strikes again! Ha <laughs> ha! Get back here with my kettle corn! You can't call it a drone if you're riding on it! Suckers! Hooray! And then as he's flying off, he drops his remote for the drone and it just smashes. <sighs> as I said, really should have been fastened somehow to the thing. Yup. Especially since you're meant to be riding it around while in it. Yeah. How did Emily send it to the house? Or I guess maybe she rang the bell and ran away? I don't know. Yeah. Um... I think um, is the the old timey guys are in front of Malt Day Spa. Mm -hmm. It's got a sign on it saying "Full Body Feather Extensions." Oh, I get it. Cool. <laughs> All right. And then the next scene starts with a newspaper. Yeah, it's the newspaper. So it's from the Sacramento Honeybee. Mm -hmm. It is now November thirtieth, twenty sixteen, and it's Woodchuck continues to duck race issues. <laughs> 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 Subtitle, Yellow-Bellied Governor, by Bob Katz, who is probably a cat. Or a bobcat. How much slope could a woodchuck scope? Have we gotten an answer? Governor Kudchuk Berkowitz refuses to face off against Mr. Peanut Butter in the high-stakes challenge for his office, and we are clamouring for answers. Are his legs rotten? Why won't he agree to salam? Slalom. To slalop. Slalom is a type of skiing where you zigzag between obstacles. Ah, oh, okay. I had to look that up. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. <laughs> he could even scoot down the entire mountain on his bottom. This reporter doesn't know anything about skiing, but what he does know is Woodchuck is a coward. <laughs> Got a picture of him, like, holding his hand up to a, a camera so he's not being photographed and his eyes look real funny. Woodchuck's reading the paper. This poppycock has no president. Maybe it's time to make a statement. Madeline, no. This outlandish buffoonery is beneath the office of the governor. Can't you see this thing is eating you alive? Do it for us, one Charles. Do it for us. So then we go to a, a press conference. 
This ski race would be both undemocratic and unconstitutional. What if the state constitution were changed to allow it? If a state senator wanted to waste everybody's time by sponsoring an amendment to the constitution and the motion got two-thirds majority in both houses so as to allow a democratically elected governor to accept a ski race challenge for his office, then yes, I would race Mr. Peanut Butter. No way that could happen. Um, so Mr. Peanut Butter, Diane and Katrina are watching this on the TV and Diane says, well, definitely won't happen now, but Katrina like walks away having had an idea. And then we go to this like cartoon sequence. It's modeled on those old cartoons about how a bill becomes a law that they show in American schools. You want me to sponsor a ski race amendment to the constitution? Mm -hmm. Or you could sponsor the amendment that has a hidden rider doubling farm subsidies in your district. Inglewood could use some farms. That's right. <laughs> they keep adding more ridiculous things like there's a law to help babies get vaping devices. Yeah, so do you remember that that was the point of the big meeting that the donkey in the episode where that family becomes the waiters at Elephant. Like, she oh, wanted the big conference room yeah. for her presentation on on convincing them to allow babies to vape. Yeah. Or to, like, market vapes to children. Do you think that they just forgot they already made that joke? Or are they hinting at, like, a movement of people in Bojack Horseman who want babies to be allowed to vape in California? More likely they know they've made that joke before. And they just, yeah, are Im implying that it's a big issue. I wonder if it'll come up a third time. Because if yeah. it's rule of threes, that's kind of funny. But if it just comes up twice, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Also, just jumping back quickly, Mr. Peanut Butter has a fruit bowl full of tennis balls on his coffee table. I don't know if we've seen that before, but it's cute. Oh, okay. We've definitely seen similar things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, they also put in an amendment on the bill that they want a bridge to Hawaii built. Yeah. Hawaii is very far away from the contiguous United States. It's basically just in the middle of a massive ocean. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a long bridge. Yup. So I guess it's like a joke or something. <laughs> and the bill is finally titled, I Love California. <laughs> the I Heart California bill. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, so then there's another press conference held. I formally accept Mr. Peanut Butter's challenge to a ski race. It happens that I am an excellent skier who won numerous medals in the sport when I raced for Dartmouth. But again, I am shocked that fact is relevant in the matter of selecting our state's governor. Then back at Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane's house, it dawns on Diane that he might actually become governor. Although he does admit that he does not know how to ski. Ah, oh, yep. <laughs> so they send him to ski school. Yep. Or as I call it, skeel. <laughs> and Diane calls Bojack. Hey Bojack, it's me again. Where are you? I'm worried. Hope you're not dead, etc. You get it. Anyway, things are even crazier around here lately. Don't know if you've seen the news, but I really wish you were here for this. You know, it's funny because the last time I saw you, you told me that you needed me in your life and then you just disappeared. So how do you think that makes me feel? Wherever you are, I hope you're happy. I really do, Bojack. And then she goes over to his house. And it's real sad. His house is all jacked up still. Like, no one's come to clean it or tidy it or anything. No. But apparently, Diane can still just walk in through the gate and look in. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing it hasn't all been, like, gutted. Like, somebody stole everything. Um, 
and then we see what Todd's up to. He's flying around with his big bag of kettle corn and a seagull tries to steal some. Lost it, Sky. How is that drone powered? How has it not run out of battery by now? I don't know. A seagull tries to steal his popcorn and then like chokes and I thought like, ah, a lot of seagulls choke in Bojack, but then I was like, maybe it's the same one. Yeah, like maybe it's the one... Last episode that dove into the sea. I'm actually going to check if it's wearing the same outfit. Did it choke or did he punch it in the throat? I thought he punched it in the throat. (laughs) Oh, maybe. (laughs) Either way. Maybe it's solar powered, the drone. Maybe. I think you would need very big solar panels to be able to power a drone to continuously fly while carrying a boy. Yeah. No, different seagull. (laughs) Well, that was worth it. (laughs) Listeners, if I left any of that in, just know that there was a lot more silence in the original <laughs> cut. <laughs> it was good. I got to have a little drink. Give, give my ears like a little a fun break. Vacation. So Todd kills a seagull for daring to stray in and eat some of his food. Yeah, well, he doesn't know when he's going to get food next. The seagull can just fly down and buy food. Todd can't. You should have asked the seagull to borrow a cell phone or something. Yeah. Asked him for help. Just leap off the drone and onto the seagull. <laughs> carry me. Ride it to freedom. Yeah. I wonder how much birds in Bojack can carry, actually, because they shouldn't really be able to fly at all. So, like, they're basically magic. Yeah. We'll never anyway. know. So, at the ski, the ski school. Say skeel. Skeel school. Oh, no. Skeel. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter arrives and he meets Mr. Thistlethorpe. Hmm. Who is a caterpillar but he's old and i remember we talked about this when there was that maggot who ran the funeral home about like surely the maggots and caterpillars in the bojack universe should be children they shouldn't reach adulthood still as that Mm -hmm. especially if like the moth and and butterfly people are having like grub babies which i think they are like i think that there have been like things about like pupa sitting and stuff but i looked into it and as it was hard to get solid numbers on this, but it seems like butterflies are actually a caterpillar for significantly longer than they are a butterfly. So maybe turning into a butterfly in late middle age is actually fine? Yeah. Okay. So the timing works out. Yeah, maybe. It's not true of maggots, though. They become an adult fly over, like, a week and then live for three or four weeks. So unless that funeral maggot was, like, 25 and just about to turn into a fly. Oh, okay. But anyway, maybe it is okay for the metamorphosis to happen later in life. Yeah. Yeah, at the ski school, we see Mr. Thistlethorpe. At the what? The, I don't know. The school. Skill? At, at the skeel. Skeel. Mr. Thistlethorpe tells Mr. Peanut Butter, like, basically to do all of these things that Mr. Peanut Butter never does because of his incompetence. It's all fine. He wants him to read poetry, but then it turns out he wanted him to not really read the poetry. Yeah, and bring skis to the top of the mountain, but he didn't actually want him to do that. Skiing isn't about reading old books. It's about speaking truth to power. Oh. And you have spoken it eloquently. You are my finest student. Mr. Professor. Mr. Professor. Well done, Paige. That's Dr. Professor to you. (laughs) He cocoons himself. Professor Thistlethorpe. Remember everything I taught you. I will. Also, if you have any tips for skiing, that would be really helpful. The most important part of skiing is to keep your legs bent. (laughs) Oh, Who's Ben? (laughs) 
He's drawing a thing on the chalkboard at one point that's just the Michelangelo man with all his arms, but, like, it's a caterpillar person with all of his arms and legs out and, like, holding ski sticks in all of his arms. Yeah. I bet those have a name, but I think of them as ski sticks. (laughs) And when we first see him, he's reading a book, but with... He's reading three books with six of his arms. (laughs) It's good. Also, he undresses before getting into the cocoon. Presumably this process starts with him getting naked and then, like, doing a handstand and affixing his feet to the ceiling? Yep. He doesn't take his glasses off. Um, I guess the school was only, like, a a weekend thing, maybe? Yep, it was a weekend intensive where you don't really learn anything about skiing. And there's only one student in the class. Anyway, at the competition, basically the race just starts, there's no big hype to it or anything and Mr. Peanut Butter just like he leaves after Woodchuck and he just like like tumbles down the hill he's not skiing very well Tom Grumbo Jumbo and Orion Seacrest type are doing commentary but Orion Seacrest type leaves almost immediately complaining that he's cold but he's just still just wearing a button-up shirt when everyone (laughs) else is wearing like ski jackets although I'm seeing now that there is actually a polar bear just wearing a Hawaiian shirt which is fucking hilarious I can't believe I almost missed that um (laughs) But yeah, Orion Seacrest type is just wearing, like, a business shirt and a scarf. Of course he's fucking cold. (laughs) There's also an ostrich with lots of scarves on. Man, there are so many good animal cold weather outfits in this scene I didn't notice. (laughs) Uh, Now they do a ski race or something, whatever. Um, And Princess Carolyn (laughs) and Ralph, they have an important conversation. Um, She Mm. gives... Ralph a card saying that she's ready to move in um, and she was holding back before but that was because she was pregnant but she had a, a miscarriage before she thought it was appropriate to tell Ralph I'm sorry I just felt dumb because all my life I've wanted a family but I didn't want it to happen just because I got pregnant by accident and then you got stuck with me well okay first of all if I'm getting stuck to something you're the prettiest glue trap I ever you saw know what I and mean. second of all if that's how you feel maybe you shouldn't get pregnant by accident well I didn't try to no. I'm saying maybe we should get you pregnant on purpose. I want them both to be happy forever. There's also, during this conversation, there's, like, a guy standing right next to Princess Carolyn who can presumably hear this whole conversation. That would be a really awkward conversation among strangers to hear. Yeah, that would be. So there's even a bit when Ralph is like, we're really good at fucking... (laughs) We love each other, and we enjoy having sex with each other, and we're really good at having sex with each other. Imagine that was the the fuck of the season first episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am paraphrasing. (laughs) Let's fuck till a person comes out. (laughs) That's how I would say it if I was going to suggest starting a family. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I once had sex so good it created life. (laughs) (sighs) Romance. Anyway. So... Then we see Todd and he drops his empty kettle corn bag on the the course and it kind of gets tangled up in Mr. Peanut Butter. And then Todd just like slips off his seat and he falls like into a cabin with some people, some bears and things. And he emerges, emerges out of the cabin and he's got like a cape and some skis. Yeah, the skis are like made of the table that broke and he's got the tablecloth. He's basically squirrel skiing, like he's flying with this yeah. weird like parachute thing. Yeah, and he um, tumbles through the finish line and then Woodchuck comes through and then Mr. Peanut Butter like hits one of the posts. So the race is over, but Mr. Peanut Butter can't came third well i hope that settles it we can finally put an end to this nonsense 
Um, sir, the rules are clear. The first person to cross the finish line becomes governor, and, well, a strange boy fell out of the sky and crossed the line first. They're swearing him in now. So help me, Todd. Congratulations, Governor Chaffee. <laughs> Which means presumably, like, anyone, like, Ralph could have just jumped over the, the seats and just, like, run through the finish line and won. Yeah. And just been governor. Like, yeah. anyone could have seized power. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> it might have had something specifying that it had to involve skiing, because Todd technically did. So maybe okay. you need to, like, have a ski under your arm or something, because you clearly don't need to be travelling on the skis yeah. or for them to eat. Like, he could have probably put, like, a popsicle stick on his foot and, like, run across the finish line and been governor. <laughs> Still not as dumb as the Electoral College. <laughs> <laughs> So Todd gets sworn in and he immediately resigns. Ever since I first became governor, I've thought, I don't want to be governor. And that's where I am now. So, can I not be governor? <gasps> You'd like to resign? Yeah, I'm just really not into labels right now. What that does is trigger a special election. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter announces his candidacy. And he'll probably do better now because he's actually popular. What do you say? Yeah! I'm I say it's time for me to stand up and speak! Diane, Diane, what now? So loud as you can, let me hear what you want! Peanut Peanut uh, citizens. I can't hear you! There's a really nice bit when, like, because he basically, like, he doesn't even cross the finish line, he just smashes into one of its posts, mm. and then Diane runs up to him and she's like, come on, honey, let's go home, and, like, tenderly puts his sunglasses onto his forehead. Yeah. Which is a really nice touch. Also, during his speech, in the sky, in the background, the ski teacher, Professor Thistlethorpe, as a butterfly, just flies past going, yeah. What? Where? Just really small in the background. I think it's when he's saying California's tired of rolling over. And just in the background, really small, there's just a butterfly. Nice. I did not see that. So, like, the crowd pushes past Diane and she calls Bojack again. The mailbox belonging to Bojack Horseback. Horseman. Horseman. Oh, wait, how do I? Is full. Yeah, and then it cuts to the credits, which is a new version of the theme song, which is instead about Mr. Peanut Butter having been in a famous TV show in the 90s and now he wants to run for governor. Yeah. I can probably drop that in without getting sued. Back in the 90s, I was in a very famous TV It ends with the line, I'm tasty and good looking because that's just who I am. <laughs> or at least, like, that's the lyrics I found for it in the YouTube video where someone wrote down the lyrics. And I listened to that line and, like, it does sound like tasty. 
he could be saying sexy, which is a much more likely thing to say, but it does sound more like tasty. So that's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of appropriate to have a version of the theme song that isn't about Bojack this time, because this episode did not feature Bojack in it at all, even a little bit. In fact, he's barely mentioned other than Diane trying to call him. Yeah. There was like this kind of image released with this episode. It says, where's Bojack? And then it's got like a picture of all the characters, kind of like a huh. where's Wally. That's cool. Where's Waldo for our American listeners? Do they call Wally something different? Yeah, it's, oh. it's called Where's Waldo there. He's called something different in basically every country. Huh. Well, he's Where's Wally in England and Australia, but he's where, Where's Waldo in America, I guess because Wally isn't a common name there. Not that it really is here. And then in German, it's Voice Walter. And like, just all, like, he's just called a different native W name in basically every country. Uh. Okay. It's fun. It's actually quite fun to look up the list of the different names for a given value of quite. Yeah, I actually thought that the Todd figuring out his identity thing was more condensed. He still hasn't accepted the asexual label hmm. in this episode, and he's still kind of soul-searching. Yeah. Yeah, like, as I said when I mentioned it before, like, I was obviously being very critical at the time, but, like, aside from them not mentioning the word in the end of last season, I do think other than that, they actually handle it really well. It's a pretty good portrayal of someone trying to figure out their identity. Yeah. So, good for them. I kind of like how it's not resolved all in one episode from a tv show point of view not necessarily from a the people that it affects i feel like a lot of people it's gonna seem like weirdly shoehorned in but i think that that's honestly just because we're not used to seeing asexuality portrayed on tv mm. or not really being spoken about like i think that this must have been basically what it was like when they first had plot lines in tv shows about characters trying to figure out if they were gay or not like oh, yeah. whereas now that's like a really common plot line in like any tv show you'll be like i recognize this it's like the identity and coming out story and it's just that for an orientation that doesn't get spoken about in detail very much and it's really nice that it's taught there are asexual characters in quite a few TV shows now who even describe themselves as such, but it's very rare to see one who is extroverted and happy-go-lucky and gets along well with most people and cares about people and is still asexual. You're much more likely to see asexual characters who are eunuchs or robots or kind of emotionally cold, like, Sherlock Holmes types. Yeah, or Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. If you say so. Whereas, <laughs> turns out they're just normal folks and lots of them are actually like basically just like normal people except they don't want to have sex surprise <laughs> I know that, like, self-described asexuals must be, like, a tiny fraction of the population, but I've ended up in a weird situation where, like, more than half of my friends are asexual. I guess that's just what happens with different social bubbles. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that tracks. That if you know one, you probably know more than one. Mm -hmm. And if you know zero, you know zero. Yeah. yeah. This is the kind of thing that happens all the time in queer circles. Like, you just end up knowing lots and lots of queer people, because we tend to cluster. Yes. So yeah, I guess that plot line will continue to unfold, and by guess, I mean remember fairly clearly. <laughs> Shall we murder a horse? Yep. You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com, H-O-R-S-A-N-A-L-O-U-D. Or you can tweet at us at horseandaloudpod, with no apostrophe. You can also find us on Tumblr or Facebook. But don't bother joining the Facebook group, because there's <laughs> nothing there. You can like our page, though. And if you do like the show, please rate or review it on iTunes, or just send us an email telling us something we missed, like Logan did. Yeah. Number one fan, Logan. <laughs> Watch the throne. Is that a thing people say? Um, I think so. <laughs> if someone sends us a better email, Logan will be recalled. 
<laughs> I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And until next time, human, human, human what, what now? now?